Hello and welcome to Word for the Day. This is Father Pete Matthews from St. Patrick's Anglican Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And on today's Word for the Day, we wrap up our first week, really half week in Lent, as we're leading to the first Sunday in Lent and thinking about Luke chapter 4, 1 through 13, where we we review the story of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. And just a, a couple points of just review of what we looked at this week. Um, we, we said that... Um, um, this story is a story that's read every year in liturgical churches on the first Sunday in Lent. And we use a three-year cycle lectionary, and there's year A, year B, year C, and we are in year C, so we read the Lucan story. It's a pretty long version of it's a great version. Then we stepped back and said, let's look at a broader context, and a lot of things we could look at it, but we just looked at sort of the larger context of Luke, and, and we said two things. Remember that Luke is part one of a two-part um, uh, uh, series, two books of Luke and Acts, both by, written by Luke. And the gospel ends with the ascension and Acts begins with the ascension. And the center point of the story is Jesus' ascension to the Father, where he's made king. So Luke and Acts are about Jesus' kingship, and he's the true Messiah, the true son of David, the true king of Israel, and the king of all nations. And Luke hints at this and Acts unpacks it fully. And so the story of Jesus' temptation has to be read with that as sort of a backdrop. So the devil's coming to Jesus in the wilderness to subvert him or divert him from his vocation to be the true Messiah, the true one who brings salvation to Israel and all nations. And he does it by bringing temptations and there are temptations that are equivalent to what Israel faced when Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years. So Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days as sort of a, a, a way of embodying Israel so he can be the faithful Israelite, the one who truly trusts God. And in each place he quotes Deuteronomy, which is the version of the law God gave after the 40 years, right before Israel went into the land. Subsequently, for generations, they weren't faithful to this law. But Jesus, when he confronts the devil, quotes from this because he is being faithful. Excuse me, where they weren't faithful. Sorry about that. I was going to sneeze, but I did not want to sneeze into your ears through the podcast, so I headed that off. Now, back to the point here. So that's the backdrop of the story. And then Jesus is faithful in all these temptations. So what are some takeaways for us? Well, the first takeaway is this. Jesus did not first go to the wilderness to be an example for us. He went to the wilderness for us. Let me say that again. Jesus did not first go to the wilderness to be an example for us. He went to the wilderness for us. You see, my story is the same story as the story of Israel. Paul says it so well in Romans 3.23, All have sinned, Jew and Gentile, and fallen short of the glory of God. Except for Jesus. He never sinned. He never fell short. He was faithful. So he comes and stands in the place of Israel, and by extension, all of humanity. Because... Reading the, the, the scriptures in the Old Testament, 
After a while, you begin to learn that the story of Israel is a microcosm of the whole story of humanity. That's the way it's told in the Bible. So Jesus stands in for us, and he is absolutely and utterly faithful to the Father. So he does that for us. And that has two two, uh, key fruits in our lives now. Um, Really, let me say that again. There are three fruits that that brings to our life, both now and in eternity. The first fruit is his faithfulness is given to us. So that as a gift of grace, it's not just that we're forgiven for the things we've done wrong, but, but the faithfulness of Jesus is in a sense kind of put on our account. That's one way to say it. Or we're incorporated in Jesus. We're baptized into Christ. So, so we get to participate in his faithfulness as a gift. He's, he's older brother, um, begotten son, and we are adopted sons and daughters, and we share in that. And it's a gift. So, so the Father receives us as though we are faithful because we're in Jesus. Now that leads to the, the next point in that this faithfulness that Jesus lived, he can now live in us and through us. That's what we often call sanctification. It's really the life of Christ um, replacing our broken, sinful life so that we become like him in our character. But the interplay of the first gift and the second gift are really important because what that does is it makes our progress in our own sanctification, our progress in our own becoming like Christ, not the um, prerequisite to acceptance, but it flows out of our acceptance. God is merciful. God is kind. God is gracious. God does give us the faithfulness of Jesus. So therefore, we can can cooperate with him in his timeline and become more like him. And the truth is, all of us know that as we're growing, there's still parts of us that are still unfaithful. And yet God, God, um, God can love us and receive us as he's working on us. And then ultimately, one day we will rise from the dead like Jesus and will be part of his eternal kingdom forever. We'll go to the intermediate state, we often call heaven, but our ultimate goal is to rise from the dead and be like him. And even then, it'll be a work of God through the Spirit to conform us to the likeness of Christ in his resurrection. So this life he lived, this faithful life on earth, becomes ours for eternity in him and through the Spirit. It's no accident the Spirit led him to the wilderness, because the Spirit will be the one that takes that faithful life and, and gives it to us. So as we begin the journey of Lent and we follow Jesus in the wilderness, that's the first thing to remember. There's a second thing, but I really want to emphasize this is secondary. It's a mistake when preachers make this primary because I, I think it can then uh, make the story about us and what we do. And the Bible's never first about us and what we do. It's always first about God and what he has done, always. But it is an example to us as disciples to see that there are times when we might find ourselves in the wilderness or times when we choose to go into the wilderness so that we can um, renew our orientation to our vocation as disciples of Jesus. And we can sort out things in our life that are temptations. For us, it's going to look different. It's not so much that we fast and pray and the devil comes and brings a temptation from the outside. It's more like we go to the wilderness and we strip away everything around us the brokenness that's in us comes to the surface 
then we can bring it to the Father. But it's still an invitation from Jesus to follow him into that space so that we can grow in him. And the season of Lent really is a wilderness season where we are invited to do that. And that's why oftentimes we take on practices or, or, or deny ourselves things so we can create space to meet God in the wilderness so we can grow in our likeness of Jesus. God bless and have a great day. Talk to you next week.